I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! And that's all, folks. Perhaps. That's something we can talk about. Um, uh, that uh, Dan Harmon, mm-hmm. to his credit, when he's creating television, I think understands a fundamental something that a lot of contemporary uh, sitcom people don't. Okay. Uh, and and uh, there's many reasons for this. Is that Dan Harmon understands, and it sounds so bizarre and so stupid and so simple but he understands that sitcoms are driven by conflict and you need to maintain certain characters as generators of conflict right and a lot of in the in the increased serialization of television um often shows run out of conflict because they are advancing the characters too much and then you're stuck uh the primary example for me is parks and recreation where at a certain at like after four seasons of that show like no No one actually matters no conflict ever happens ever again like seasons five and six of parks and rec i'm like no one ever questions leslie nope they they are not willing to interrogate Leslie Nope in any way, right? So like, and and yeah. the the character who is supposed to be there to generate conflict, Ron Swanson, is now too buddy buddy with Leslie. Like, there's no like the there's a there's a fundamental like array to a sitcom that needs to to you know it has, that falls apart in that show. 100%. Remain constant and and it's and in the not, last season they do that time jump too, and you're like. So okay. that they can generate conflict so again. <laughs> so th- they do a time jump so that they can add conflict. Yeah. Um, so that they can, like, have Ron and Leslie be on opposite sides again. Because, like, it's a TV show and it needs, like, stakes and it needs, like, drama. And I have no problem with, like, making a show where I like all the characters. But there's something that goes wrong on that show. And it happened, like, uh, to a certain extent. I think, like, it is a Michael Shore problem. Uh, that, like, I think The Good Place, to a certain extent, ran into as well. But you always had conflict of, like, the stakes of human souls <laughs> on that show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then but... the conflict at the end of that show is that is that there is no conflict, which is an interesting Yes, which thing. is which like, is The conflict at the end of that show is that, like, oh, no, when it's perfect, it kind of sucks, which is... Uh, I, I loved that. It's very interesting. Absolutely. And to... The Good Place's uh, benefit, I suppose. It only ran for four 13-episode seasons, you know? And and at a certain... I feel like it's the third season where it's like they are resetting the time frame like every other episode. <laughs> like, there's yeah. a point that that yeah. show reached where it's like, well, you could never run out of that kind of conflict on this show. But, like, Parks and Rec did not have that benefit in fact, it did have to break. <laughs> it did have to jump temporally to generate had to conflict. Break continuity together. to mm-hmm. create something. Yeah. And, we're like, oh, all right. and I miss, uh, to a certain extent, like 
a show like Taxi or the Mary Tyler Moore show or something where you have like a mean boss who is there to generate conflict and the mean yeah. boss never becomes part of the game. There's still a beloved character. You know, they're played by Danny DeVito or Ed Asner, respectively, and they're there to generate conflict. They're there to make sure on this situation comedy that there are situations. <laughs> the yeah. situation creator has logged on. Um, and I don't know. That's just something that I find happens in comedies have gotten a little too serialized for their own good because eventually you have if you're doing actual character progression they're going to progress to a point where the show can't exist anymore yeah eventually they will yeah which is interesting because our last last conversation was talking about how mythic quest because of its short seasons uh loses out on the opportunity to do a lot of things around building character and conflict and, and movements this is true arts and the good place while all similarly short, um, I guess because it's got like the it's got like three episodes on them. There's a little bit of an yeah. It has still. like four more episodes per season. It has a more tight central cast. Also, it knows what it's doing, right? It knows what it's doing yes, from the beginning for sure. And I it, feel like Mythic Quest, to some degree, not saying that they didn't plan, mm -hmm. but to some degree, it's got a little bit of the mood of flying by the seat of your pants. Which does it a lot of favors, but I think in the long run, when drawing it out, you're like, oh, okay, so, like, this is cool, but also, yes. you missed this opportunity, this opportunity, and this opportunity, which may not have been missed if this had been one of those one of those rare shows that people have the ending in mind when they start, or yeah. the even rarer shows that have the whole thing written before they start. I will, to my deathbed, talk about how good Dark is, because, like, Dark. that show's incredible but they wrote all three seasons and then started filming so there's absolutely no wasted space because they know exactly where everything's going mm -hmm. and i understand sure. you know and i'm sure you do too that most tv shows can't can't do that, do that for any number of reasons right <laughs> for any number yeah, literally um so it's not a thing that i'm like really trying to hold against them but it is something that like you i think i notice more often because i have experienced the opposite yes indeed um, and, you know, I think a healthy middle ground is fine. And there's a difference, I think, between advancing characters and exploring them. Because if you explore a character, that only allows you more avenues for storytelling and more avenues for comedy, right? Like learning new things. I mean, that was what was brilliant about the, the seasons like two through four of Parks and Rec, where like felt yeah. like we were always learning something new about these people and learning something new adds on the ability to tell stories and, and tell jokes and like uh, you know think about all we learned about like uh, Ben and, and Ron and all these other other characters right? Um, right but you just gotta find gotta find the healthy middle ground um, and and to a certain point serialization is just gonna burn out your show yeah kind of uh, has to right it's, it's like, your... I can't think I'm trying to think of something that's lasted Ooh, I think Always Sunny might be the outlier, but they're probably the exception that proves the rule, right? I mean, like, they don't progress. That's that's the that it's Always no, Sunny yeah. for all of it's, its like boundary pushing is pretty traditional in its sitcom lack of progression of character. Like these characters will remain essentially static until the show is off the air. You know, right, right, yeah. The only character that has any development is is Mac. Um, yes. And even then, it's just like he came out. And of the even closet. then, it's it's cyclical, right? It's cyclical. Yeah. It's like 
he goes into one thing and then comes back and then goes into the another exactly. thing in the opposite direction and then comes back and then he's just a pendulum yeah. of a character. He Which is interesting comes out of the because... closet, but that's more that's exploration as well because now there's new avenues for storytelling with Mac, right? That's not the yeah. end point of Mac. That's a new step of Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yes. It's interesting that that's uh, a thing in that show because I do think that these two episodes we start to see the introduction of a similar dynamic of penduluming characters mm-hmm. um, because they're going to start playing with Brad and they're starting to play with um, great Ashley Birch. Rachel. Rachel. I don't know why that jumped out of my head. Hey, you know, um, it's a name. But they start to they're starting to they're starting to play with penduluming those characters and giving them something on the side that makes them like act out in a way, kind of testing the waters and then watching them kind of come back. Right. It's fun to do that. Nobody can see this because this is a visual or an audio medium, but (laughs) But, I like uh, your pendulum. I'm enjoying rocking my head back and forth for some reason. Yeah. Now I understand. Now I understand Indian people more. Now I understand Willow Smith, um, who (laughs) would her back and forth. Uh, yes, but, but the original thing about like Dan Harmon was like, to his to their credit, as much as like Rick and Morty goes down weird serialized avenues, the status quo remains largely the same. Where the show can continue mm-hmm. to, and honestly, where the where that show sometimes falls apart is when it gets like too far down that direction of like you've pushed the boundary too. F- like I just how could this show continue <laughs> to exist yeah. at this point? Um, but like the best Rick and Morty shit is like. Here's a weird standalone episode. Hey, we came up with this weird premise. Uh, uh, Rick has a secret toilet and someone else is using it. Um, and the the worst episodes of Rick and Morty are like, and now some lore dumps about the Council of Ricks. And I'm like, ah, okay, well, <laughs> all right, <laughs> fine. Oh, stuff I didn't really care about. Okay. Yeah, and that's part of part of the issue is I I can't re- I can't retain it. So every time we come back to that storyline, I'm like, it's been like two years since I. Yeah. <laughs> Saw any of the, can someone su- summarize this for me? Yeah, yeah. Can someone? Is there a primer for this episode? Maybe. Can someone Ooh, please? Primer. Everybody should watch the movie Primer. Sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, Shane Carruth's Primer. Uh, sure. Rules. Yeah, for sure. Uh, essentially, that one. You know, Shane Carruth did essentially everything on that movie. Um, it's absolutely bizarre. You done other things since Primer. Uh, upstream color. And uh, that's the only other thing that I am aware of. My understanding is that he might suck, uh, but you know, I that that I that you know, I don't I don't I don't have any specific information about that. <laughs> I don't I I have nothing more to to say about um, upstream colors, Shane Carruth. But we I we digress. The girlfriend experience. Is not that show that had an ex porn star or three on it? That, I mean, it sounds like what a the girlfriend experience would <laughs> would be about. Oh, it's a TV series based on Soderbergh's girlfriend experience, which I think oh. maybe Soderbergh's was the one that had Soderbergh. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I'm looking up. I'm trying to look up. Thank you. Uh, yeah, girlfriend experience, 2009. Steven Soderbergh, but also huh. Sasha Gray, who was an adult performer. Sasha Gray had that weird moment. Where she was in a lot of non-pornographic yeah. material. Yeah, well, she she stopped doing pornographic material and started this, and it was like, oh, okay. I mean, cool. Like, move up and move forward. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm not disparaging her. It's just like this weird moment um, where 
she is suddenly in like Saints Row 3 playing dual roles. You know, like it's this weird moment where uh, she's credited in uh, in James Gunn's PG porn, uh, which is a weird credit because I, I anyway. Um, but yeah, but it's all of the. Do you know what PG porn is from the oh. director? Of, okay, PG porn is a James Gunn joint pre Guardians, obviously. Yes. Where where they take. They take porn footage, take footage of pornographic films, and using, you know, some sort of digital or rotoscoping technology, sub out dirty bits for... So, so in a a Christmas-themed one, a girl would be sucking on a candy cane, but you know what it actually is. Yeah, sure. It's like a cartoon candy cane. You get what this is from the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. You understand what this is. Yeah, okay. Interesting. It's fun fact: um, the tagline for the girlfriend experience was "see it with someone you fuck," which is weird. Nice, I like that. No, that's cool. I, I think that's cool. See, see it with someone you fuck. Yeah. Oh, Mm. all right. Um, Also, for what it's worth, the TV show has a significantly higher rating than the movie. The movie was on IMDb. Uh, Oh well, okay. Let's not. Let's not Let's, hold on, the... I'll look at the Metacritic. That's the thing that I love. There you go. That's a little 66 bit 66 for the movie. Okay. And, and uh, well, this is anticlimactic. <laughs> it's just a different... It's a completely different... Is this show still happening? Is that why IMDb has... It started in 2016. Well, there's a dash um, next to it. Like it's not you're over. right. I guess it's not been officially cancelled. No, it... 2021 like it was running episodes until june of last year yeah but it's one of these shows that does not have like a core cast because the most appeared person is riley keogh with 13 episodes yeah out of 37 yeah and you know like she couldn't do any of those while she was uh riding shiny and chrome down the fury road um she was she was not on the girlfriend experience when she was shooting that movie for nine months sure she also gets shot right in the face in um, in um, God, Amazon made a British TV show into a TV show. British. Uh, 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 it's about a comic book that tells the future. What the fuck was that called? Heroes. <laughs> nope. No, it's not a literal comic book that like has um, signs like a, like an occult comic book that people find and it actually like predicts plagues and like the end of the world. Huh. I yeah, the British show is so much better. Um, but the oh, I'm shocked. What the fuck? I'm looking at the picture right here. Oh, is that not the same thing? That might be American Honey. It's got the same actress. Oops, just kidding. Whoops. American Honey. American Honey also has Sasha Lane. Sasha Gray. And Sasha Lane is in this the show on. It's called Utopia. Just kidding. Never mind. The thing I was talking about with the comic was Utopia. But when you went to Riley Keough's page that had a trailer playing of her in a movie with a character from Utopia, and it looked like Oh, okay. All right. That was gotcha. my brain did. Sorry, everybody who had to go through that fucking mini stroke. You know what? We're, we're, we're learning I'm a lot genius. today. <laughs> I'm genius. I just, uh, I try to inject as many hot fuzz affectations as I can. 
Like when fucking uh, dude is like, I'm a, I'm a slasher of prices. Of prices. Uh, <laughs> that's just, Brain freeze, brain wave. That's <laughs> just so good to me. Yeah. Uh, what's that name? What's that guy's name? He played James Bond. Uh, Timothy Dalton. Tim Dalton. He's only right. in like two James Bond movies, but when I think of the character James Bond, his is the face that I see. Really? He, to funny. me, is, <laughs> he epitomizes what James Bond culturally is to me. Like, he's the smoothest, handsome, you know, like, it, it's just, he is everything that James Bond is to me. Maybe it's because I haven't seen him in a lot of other things. So, like, do a lot of other things, it right. seems. So like you know, so like, I guess I do know him best as Simon Skinner, uh, Sissy Skinner from from Hot Fuzz. But um, I don't know. I just think of him as James Bond. Maybe it's because like I've seen Daniel Craig and other shit. I've seen Pierce Brosnan and other shit. You know, I've obviously seen yeah. Sean Connery and other shit. I also don't really watch James Bond movies, so I don't know. He just sticks out to. I can't explain it. Can <laughs> cannot <laughs> articulate why he is James Bond to me, but he is. But he is. I don't think I've seen one of his James Bond movies. <laughs> even can't... you haven't even seen the Tim Dalton Bond movies, but I don't that's think so. where you, that's where But you... he's it, baby. That's funny. it. That's everything. That's very funny. <laughs> I've seen scattered oh, yeah. ones. Um, I've seen what? half. I've seen half the Daniel Craig's. I've seen probably most of the Brosnans, which are universally terrible. <laughs> They're so garbage, dude. They're really bad. Maybe like a roger moore or two i just i don't like him i don't like james bond i want him to go away. yeah he's a piece of shit i want him to he, he stay gone i want <laughs> i think yeah. who should be the next james bond no one <laughs> nobody no one uh, should dev be the next patel, james bond. please uh sure but also let's just give dev patel like another movie you know what i mean yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah we let's gotta keep this guy around for him yeah Sure. Why extraction of all the? <laughs> no, I was just specifically thinking of an action, a one-off action flick. I not, see. I see. I know it's not a great example. I was I'm like, just hoping the next one doesn't have a yellow filter, but you know what I meant. It's gonna. Did you, you know Did it you? will. Um, you knew what I meant. I don't. <laughs> I can never. I can never remember which one is extraction. Every time you mention oh, extraction, extraction is the extraction is the Chris Hemsworth one. Sure. Sure, man. Where he um, plays a guy named Tyler Rake, and there's a there's a sequel coming, and I'm I am uh, disproportionately excited for that. Chris, yeah, <laughs> because, that mystifying to me. Uh, Chris Hemsworth and no, no one else you've ever seen in a movie. Most of the other actors oh, in Extraction, true. True. no, most of the other actors in Extraction do not even have an actor photo on IMDb. <laughs> oh, you you besmirch. The name of the person i forgot whose name it is. oh yeah right yeah oh you really you obviously care about this person deeply obviously uh uh oh shit am i thinking of a uh, i've been doing this a lot haven't i you're thinking of a different guy <laughs> i don't know what uh, guy you're so thinking of but it's a it's different the woman. guy it's his, it's, his, it's his contact uh-huh she, she was not high in the casting what the fuck uh-huh that's what i'm saying She's definitely shot, though Oh, she uh, go shift the Ferrani. She's in um, she's in um, Invasion, which is What's, why her name that? came up immediately in my brain because Invasion was really good. Okay, whatever that is, Invasion. It was in, there was the Apple TV show I talked about about an alien invasion, but it's like from four or five different perspectives all around the globe. 
Mm. I believe I you. talked about. It. It's like a couple that are going through an infidelity situation. Uh, oh, no. a, so- a soldier who gets ambushed out in the desert. Oh, no. A kid that was on a field trip. <gasps> uh, a NASA a Japanese NASA um, JASA uh, employee, and uh-huh. then uh, somebody else. I told you about this. Sam Neill's in it. He got stunt cast because he dies in the first episode. Listen, you talk about a lot of garbage shows. I'm not gonna watch. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just razzling you. No, I just, I'm just giving you shit. You talk about a lot of good shows that I should watch, but also you talk about Invasion. Um, maybe it's good. I don't know. That came. That was the one that came out like right after Foundation, which I also like never really finished. You know what I mean? Maybe I could go back. Well, Foundation's really good. First two episodes aren't. Yeah, yeah. First couple it's, ain't. It's like that's also a completely understandable. Like I started it and then forgot. I started it and how. then the I got done with two episodes and I was like, hmm, hmm. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, I listen. You gotta fucking come in these days. You gotta. I you know a show is allowed to grow. Show is allowed to change. You gotta, you gotta get started, okay? If your first couple episodes ain't great, I'm not hanging around. I'm not sticking, yeah. I'm not sticking it out. I don't have time. You gotta start with a little bit of pop, my, uh, my, my folks. Yeah, you my gotta folks. give me a little bit of ooh to come back to. I need a little, I need a little something. I need a little pizzazz. I need a little spark. A little, little spice. I will, I, I will say though that maybe you just don't remember, but Foundation did start with a pretty incredible space elevator crashing into a planet scene that was phenomenal but that was like maybe it in the first two episodes that was really 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 notable i'm not even talking about like loud you know i don't necessarily need that was that was some pretty good like spectacle and i remember that i was like wow you know this is very clear which a lot of like all cgi sequences aren't often you know like it's very clear it's very concise it's obviously using this well i was but like there are a lot of characters I didn't really care about. I didn't really understand their whole deal. Um, and then, you know what it was? They they killed Jared Harris. And I know where, like, someone said, like, well, that doesn't mean we're done with Jared Harris. But I'm like, I know. But, like, he was the most interesting guy. And then he died. And I didn't. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, Glad I don't have a lot of time marks, baby. currently. <laughs> yeah, died in quotation marks. Because it is a sci-fi uh, program. But, you know. I just, I, I am sorry. You know, I just, I just need, I need you to fucking come in. I need you to grab my, you gotta give me something interesting to chew on. Yeah. Gotta give me the beans. It really just needs that, like, there's no, like, thing I'm looking for. I'm not like, get to the plot. Because sometimes, like, you know, a show can be about vibes. Or a show can, like, take its time and be interesting. You know, like, The Witcher took its time, I think. Like, getting all its pieces in motion. But it was not. There's a... It really is just like, unfortunately, so, uh, just like a je ne sais quoi. It's like this, I I don't know what I'm looking for, but it needs to just kind of like be a little spicy. It needs to just, there needs to be a, a dash of something that you go, ooh. Ooh. Well, interesting. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, because like there are shows with good characters, but I'm like, ah, this isn't, this isn't grabbing me. Um, I don't know. It's unfortunately, it's inarticulatable. <laughs> And I am a temperamental <laughs> and finicky bitch. I don't know. Calculable. <laughs> yeah. If you want that coveted Kevin Lanigan demographic, you really got to guess. It's anybody's guess whether or not I'm going <laughs> to latch on to your shit. Yeah. Uh, could go, yeah. could go either way. 
could go anywhere. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it will be completely out of uh, the realm of uh, predictability. Exactly. You just go, you know what? I really fucked with this. And you're like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, how everybody should be. Live Moss. Yeah, live Moss. <laughs> Think outside the bun. <laughs> Think outside the binkle. Think outside the bun. Uh, yeah. This is, of course, Advanced Media Studies Podcast, where we aim to talk about every piece of pop culture ever created one week at a time. Uh, you join us now in the middle of our Mythic Pod Quest as we journey through Apple TV Plus's Mythic Quest. I am one of your hosts. Uh, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I, too, do not know how to drive a Porsche. <laughs> I am Caleb, the daddy host, the host, this, host with the most this kids. Gotta use the pause. And I am a big fan, believe it or not, of Battle Royale. Ooh. And what's even funnier, what's even funnier is they reference a Battle Royale in this called Hyperscape. It was, in fact, a Ubisoft product. And is in fact being shut down like this week. <laughs> it did womp, not. Womp. It did. They like describe it as huge, and it was like William was never huge. Listen, uh, my uh, having heard of something is not necessarily a gauge of whether or not people are drilled in. However, I have never <laughs> heard of this game. Bad sign. Yeah, not I a great sign. Not uh, a personally, great sign. not a not a great uh, indicator of potential Again, successful like, endeavor. I don't know anything about Fortnite. That's the biggest thing on the planet. I'm not saying that, like, my having heard of something. Because sometimes I haven't heard of something, and that's an interesting. That's ex- that's exploratory, you know? Yeah. Uh, today, someone mentioned a filmmaker I'd never heard of. And I was like, who is this guy? What's going on here? And it became a little, a little treasure trove. That happens a little, to you still? Oh, yeah. A little pile of secrets. Uh, I, don't know, <laughs> Caleb, I don't know if you know this, Caleb. We've been making movies for a long time. And in many countries, like all over the world. Um, all yeah, So this true. like French director from the seventies. I was like, oh, who is this? Oh, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, three of these are on Criteria. Oh, interesting. Um, oh no, so that, to do. That's no, not so watch not, Foundation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe one day. You oh, know, no, you got me, Kev. I'm I'm paying for my own Apple subscription, and I like to feel like I'm getting the most out of it. So I'm gonna always be watching something on Apple TV now. But you know, like everyone loves Severance, gotta watch that first. Uh, yeah. Never got around to Schmigadoon, gotta watch Schmigadoon. Um, you know, so like gotta get around to it. Uh, Foundation. Yeah, maybe one day. Keep dreaming, Foundation. It'll be your time. Someday. Someday. Um, I am making weird commitments now, though, where, like, I, I last week, I saw uh, the most incredible uh, Bollywood film you've ever seen. I've never been in a theater with more applause breaks in my entire life. Um, oh, was it a live, a live show? Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was a film. It was a three-hour film. Um, oh. And it was, it's, uh, it was called RRR. Um, and I have, again, never been in a theater with more applause breaks. For reference, I have seen every Avengers film in theaters. For reference. Um, I have seen... Yeah, them, them be applause film. Every the Star Wars support. movie that has been released in my lifetime in theaters. I've seen, um... You know, other other large films. Saw F9 in theaters. A lot of applause breaks during F9. But... RRR. Again, just like a raucous, beautiful audience that was so into what we were experiencing. And now I'm like, I need to fucking dig in on Bollywood. You know, I just need yeah. to like, I'm yeah. now like, okay, I gotta watch one of those a month. 
Uh, I want to watch one Hong Kong action movie a month. Um, I am trying legitimately to get into anime currently. Not all anime, but, like, you know, the shit that I know that I will enjoy. That doesn't have the shit that I hate in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And... You need to watch Bajira Mastani. Uh, I don't know what that is. What you re- say it one more again. Give me that one more time. Bajira Mastan. B A J I R A W A O. Sorry, Mastan. M A S T A N I. The musical numbers in that movie are fucking incredible. Also, Priyanka Chopra is in that movie. Ah, yes, Priyanka Chopra. Um, uh, great. Okay, there's one of the most active. Indian men I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to see two beautiful fucking Indian men who are just like the best friends in the entire world, dudes have never rocked so hard, uh, please scope out RRR, which may very well be playing in theaters near you. And, um, but something that. New York, Midwest, I can probably say pretty confidently it's not going to be near me. Uh, you just gotta go to the right. You know, Plaza Frontenac gets a lot of weird shit. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not kidding. There are Indian people in St. Louis. You might have to go to, like, a weird afternoon screening (laughs) on a Wednesday. But, like, this is, like, the biggest Bollywood film in, like, years. So it's probably, like, playing somewhere. But it's not gonna be, it's not New York. You're absolutely right. Uh, I said may, may very well. Um, but something that unites those three things, uh, uh, Bollywood, Hong Kong action and and anime that is so enticing to me, that's so beautiful to me is their, their earnestness, their distinct lack of irony. Do you know what I'm like? Yeah, sure. Sure, 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 sure. Engaging in beautiful, silly action sequences or dance sequences or, or, or anything that you could want. The melodrama, the heights of emotion. Straight faced. And a straight face. Straight face. Seriousness. Yes. And they, and people often mistake that for them not knowing that what is happening is silly. That's not, that's not true. That's not giving people enough credit. They know what's happening on screen is silly. When I saw, I saw a Hong Kong action movie in theaters uh yesterday and it uh was about a magic liar you know like and and this woman could play this liar and it shot fucking laser beams out of it but no one went like um what (laughs) this is pretty silly (laughs) a magic (laughs) that's stupid dr Otto octavius what's your real name you know like i saw an action movie where like uh like a character, a bunch of characters that have shields, like link the arms and put the shields facing out and then roll like a bowling ball. Yes. And yes. like it wasn't played for laughs. And I was like, you, you absolute madman. I love it this so much. It wasn't played for laughs. And that's why it was so funny. Right. And it like, yeah, it is exactly. laughs, but no one has to like put wacky music over it or have a character <laughs> go like, yeah. yeah. Or have a, or have someone like go like, uh, this is kind of ridiculous because, like, they know it's ridiculous. They trust you to know that it's ridiculous. And, like, in RRR, fucking people are grabbing guys off of motorcycles and then pick-throwing the motorcycle, like, a fucking quarter mile to, like, hit someone. You know, like, it's shit yeah. like that. And they don't have to go, like, ooh, what? Um, <laughs> right. and, and honestly, what it's kind of most analogous to is the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> 100 percent 
where, and, you know, it's not as if Tyrese in those movies will never go like, this is crazy, but it always oh, but there feels are moments that are specifically so played for laughs and then moments earnest. that are not, that are taken super seriously, that are deeply funny. In Furious 7, when Vin Diesel and Jason Statham are fighting on top of a parking garage and Vin Diesel fucking slams his Timberland and like collapses the parking garage, nobody questions it. <laughs> Yeah, Nobody goes wow, like, he's so strong. He should Doesn't be someone get hit with like that. a two and a half foot fucking wrench in that fight and not yeah. fall over? Yes, giant wrenches. Like, it's a fucking anime duel. That's what's so appealing about all of that to me is just a, a, a presentation of earnestness that I honestly think a lot of American audiences are just like, they're not willing to give themselves over like that. I think yeah. they need to not feel like they're laughing like they're participating in in something that's dorky. Do you know what I mean? as weird as that yeah. sounds for like a culture where Star Wars and Marvel are the biggest things on the planet <laughs> where the touchstones are. Yeah. But like those movies are often at a remove from yeah. their own silliness. Yeah, 100%. Uh let's talk about Mythic Quest. Let's do it. We got two episodes this week again. Two epi episodes. Trace the first? and Quattro. That's right. The first of which is season two, episode three, hashtag yum yum, directed by Angela Barnes, written by John Howell Harris. Uh, in this episode, Brad attempts to uh, figure out a way <laughs> to get David date? a date. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, Ian and Poppy are uh, fighting, trying to work separately on uh, the expansion Titans Rift. Uh, and Joe goes to help CW deal uh, with his publisher, who is demanding a long, long, long delayed end to his trilogy. Yes. Um, do, 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 do. This is, I mean, it's a fun little episode. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a, no, I dig it. I dig it. It's a good episode. Um, uh, I love the I love the introduction of Battle Royale stuff. One of those things that, like, again, as a person who's been writing about games, is going to be immediately like, oh, hey, the thing that's in the zeitgeist. Oh hey, uh, Fortnite, Player Unknowns, Battlegrounds. I don't. Did I mention Fortnite? Uh oh, they definitely mentioned Fortnite. Then that means they mentioned Fortnite with Hyperscape, which is even more funny. Yeah, um, because Fort Fortnite Fort 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 <laughs> Fork Fort, Knife Fork and Knife Fort Fortnite fucking eight Hyperspace with a fork and knife. <laughs> Yes. Fucking, fucking yeah. Fortnite came in and like took player unknowns battlegrounds and sucked it up through a fucking straw. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, you built this in our engine? <laughs> Ooh, what if we did it better lol, and stole lol, all your shit?" Lol. Um, lol. Um, no, it's uh, yeah, no, I like that they bring that up. Anyway, um, mm. so we get we get that little conflict. They're working on two separate teams. Uh, calling, I don't know if they started calling them separate things yet. Yeah, did yeah, they, they mention that? They have so yeah, it's Hera and Zeus. Sure, fine. Uh, and when Brittlesby figures that figures that out, he's like, "Wait, so you're you're separating?" Poppy's <laughs> like, "No, we're just working separately." And he's like, "That's what my parents said." That's the first um, step. That's the first. Yeah. They're breaking up. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, David's preposterously high voice. It's also amazing that like Poppy and Co develop a battle royale in one episode. I know that, like, it's a television show, but it's still wild that, like, they're, like, Battle Royale. And then the next episode, the Battle Royale is, like, a hit. It's out. <laughs> it's It's yeah. been around. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. wow, y'all got that shit done fast. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that that's. Um, I, I wonder. It's hard to tell sometimes how difficult things are in the industry, largely because like the industry is extremely not clandestine, but not very transparent. Um, yeah. And so, like, I think that you could probably slap together a battle royale pretty quickly. Whether or not that would mean it yeah. was good. Well, sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it definitely like just assembles in the dark and shows up next episode, which is very funny. Yeah, absolutely. Just like uh, cut away and they cut back and it's like we we did it, we built it, <laughs> and we're we're. Uh, I think it's this episode where they're talking about just like taking six year olds for all of their parents' money, <laughs> which is yeah. the business model of yeah. all these fucking battle royale games. Uh, just just yep. hoping a child grabs their parents' credit card. <laughs> yep. Yep. Also, I love that the, I mean, we're skipping, I'm skipping, but the, I love yeah, that the implementation of the Battle Royale comes right at the moment where Poppy's like, fuck it, let's work together. And trying to, like, fix the situation with David. Yeah. Uh, or, sorry, not with David, but with Ian. And then, yeah. of course, Brad is like, Battle Royale looks great in the back of the room. And Ian's like, the fuck? <laughs> and gets really mad immediately. Um, One of those things where you're like, oh, they're going to, I don't know. You know, shows sometimes play around with, timing in a way that lets you forget that something's happened or not maybe not forget completely but like let it yeah. slip your mind yeah. so that when it comes back up all of a sudden you're like oh shit uh and this is one of those moments for me we're like yeah they've been talking about battle royale on and off all episode but they've also been talking about their conflict all episode and when they start to iron it out you get that like that quiet sense of of comfort and then it's like oh no wait <laughs> this is not good yeah absolutely um, and, you know, it, it continues to show the the season, despite of where it ends, seems to be trying to do a lot to potentially sow discord between Ian and Poppy, right? Yeah. There's like this, you, you feel like as you watch these sort of, they're working separately, um, you know, there was, there was all that with like the, the art department and feeling, you know, uh, put down upon, like, there's definitely a version of this season that you could watch and be like, oh, this is going to lead to a rift, a Titans rift, if you will. And, hey, and, and, and rift hey, of the yeah, the Rift of the Titans, uh, my, my favorite, uh, sequel to Clash of the Titans. And, um... What was the it, it was called Wrath of the Titans. Um, the sequel to <laughs> Sam Worthington's Clash of the Titans. Yes, and Liam Neeson's. And, uh, and Ray Fiennes doing, just, just doing Voldemort again. Ray Fiennes just doing Voldemort again. It was amazing the degree to which he's just like, I'm just going to do the voice again. You just put a wig on me. <laughs> and I'm just going to yep. do the voice again. Everybody cool? Cool? Great. Yeah. Um, and you know what? We all bought it in that terrible movie. <laughs> that and movie. Sometimes, sometimes you know, you allow things to happen that you wish you hadn't. That movie uh, was sold on the back. You have almost never seen one trailer moment be specifically responsible for the entire theatrical gross of a film more Release than that. Release the Kraken. Was yeah. it. Every how much? All right, box office mojo. How how much money did this <laughs> fucking goddamn movie, the cl Clash 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 at Demon Head, Clash of the Titans, twenty ten? Thank you. 
Uh, Clash of the Titans uh, worldwide made $493 million. And every single one of those dollars is sold on the back of Release the Kraken. <laughs> Without Release the Kraken, funny, that movie yeah. never comes to be. Yeah. No one even like, notices the, that it comes out. You remember the song that was in the trailer? Was it Mad World? I'm just fucking shooting it. Oh. Uh, it was Bird and the Worm by The Used. Oh, I don't know was, that song. That's why it didn't stick with me. Yeah, that song rules. Uh, but um, the thing that bothered me the most is that the in the original Clash of the Titans, which I think Charlton Heston plays Zeus? Not Charlton Heston. No, maybe Charlton Heston. Hang on. I must search this assertion. What are you button. looking for? What's happening? What's going on? The, the original Clash of the Titans? I don't think Charlton Heston is in the original Clash of the Titans. Lawrence Olivier, sorry. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. It's a bigger, it's a big name. It's just that not. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. I was just like, I, it was not. <laughs> it was just not that one. Also, um, the guy that plays Perseus, Harry Hamlin, in many pictures, just looks like young Mark Ruffalo, which is very funny <laughs> to mm. me. I'm gonna copy pasta this picture. I can't. Fucking wait. Um, IMDb. Windows Shift S, is that it? Yes. Know. Yes. All right. Yes. Check, the, check the chat. I'm going to drop a, gonna drop this image I just chat. saved into it. This looks yeah. like Mark Ruffalo. This looks like the Ruffalo Buffalo. You know, fucking Harry Hamlin kept working. I've never investigated this one. It does look a little bit like Ruffalo Buffalo. Yeah. It, does, it does look askance of Ruffalo Buffalo. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Wild. Uh, yeah, yeah, he kept working. He got working. He was on Mad Men for a little bit. You know, he was around. Maggie Smith, Ursula uh, Andress. This, you know, hey, original Clash of the Titans. Don't fucking... Burgess Meredith. Don't fucking sleep on the original Clash yeah, of the Titans. No, the, OG's, the OG's a good movie. Um, but the, the thing that stuck with me funny was that I'd seen the first one because I'm a nerd. And um, I haven't. When Zeus releases the Kraken in the OG movie, it is the most, like, fuck it, okay, do this thing. <laughs> Uh, and it rules because he's like, fine, unleash fine. the worst creature I have in my Whatever. Uh And when Liam Neeson does it, he's like, Mwah! and it's like, well, well, you should care less because you're a god that's kind of careless. Um, but it's fine. It's fine. But nitpicking a Sam Worthington movie is kind of like picking on, picking on somebody that doesn't deserve it. Sure. I mean, he's, you know, he's trying his best. He is. He, I mean, to the man's credit, he is the lead actor in the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah, that's not wrong. You, you can't, that is one year before Clash of the Titans. Like, that was yeah. hot. Same year as Avatar, he was in Terminator Salvation. You know, like, they, he was yeah. just this guy yeah. for I mean, a little bit. But he, Sam Worthington has never turned in the redemptive you know how like he and jai courtney were the two most boring men on the planet i don't know if you that they were like really to me just like completely uninvolving screen presences sam worthington has never given us a captain boomerang do you know what i mean yeah sure because jai courtney is fun as hell say what you will about either suicide squad he's very fun He's doing something in those movies. And Sam Worthington has never... Where is where's he at? Is he, like, Redbox slumming? Where's Sam Worthington? No, he's doing a lot. 
So he did um, a bunch of stuff that was yeah sure red box. Um, Listen, we've all. Then, I if given the opportunity, I would red box slum. I'm not against yeah, red box slum. Yeah. But then he. Oh my got god! A bunch of projects. <laughs> oh my. He's god. got four Avatar movies. Three of other, two other movies in post pro. Uh, I, I was wondering if he was going to be in those Avatar sequels. I was okay, wondering about that. The okay, here's some interesting shit about the Avatar sequels. Two and three are marked as post production, and four and five are both marked as filming. Yeah, this yeah. is fascinating to me. We have lost, which means that like uh, your boy did the smart thing, which was this doesn't happen all the time. Let's keep everybody here and keep filming. <laughs> he's fucking loading them up. You know, it took yeah. him this long. He's yeah. like, no, we're making all of these. <laughs> I'm really curious. No, we're fucking doing Avatar 5. Um, I'm really curious what the technology was that he was waiting for, because that's what he's notorious for doing. Yeah, absolutely. But um, they started filming, in my approximation, yeah. relatively closely to Mandalorian popping up on the scene. And Mandalorian did, in fact, revolutionize uh, a form of set construction that sure. I think might be something that... Uh, mm, that's why interesting. I can't I remember his name. James, James Cameron. James Cameron. Thank you. Um, oh. Might be something that old Jimbo hmm. Cameroni might be looking that's for. An that's an interesting thought. That's an interesting thought. I mean, what, better, been... what way do you elevate uh, what Avatar did than... You can't. It's perfect. ...in getting perfect. rid of blue screen? <laughs> yeah uh right it's that's that's the way to improve upon it he's also talked about a lot of those movies being filmed underwater which like Wild. maybe there's something yeah going back to his the abyss days uh which was notoriously <laughs> just like days, right? a living hell <laughs> which is notoriously just like the hardest movie to film in the entire world um you're right sam worthington is working it's just a bunch of movies that i'm like oh i didn't see that like hacksaw ridge or cake yeah. Isn't Yeah. He's been around. Call of Duty Black Ops 4. He's Mason? Yeah, he's Mason in what? the Black Ops games. Has he all, he's always game. been Mason? He's, he's Mason in all of the Black Ops games. He's always been Mason? This whole yeah. time? <laughs> I was yeah. too distracted by Gary Oldman in the first one, to be quite honest with you. Um, and then I yeah. never played well, any of the mean? others. <laughs> then I never played any of the others. But I was oh, like, wow. oh, he, Mason? he wasn't Mason in the first one. I could have sworn he was. No, he is. He is. He's on here. Yeah, there it is. I missed it. I missed yeah. It. Also, my brain was doing the thing that was like, obviously, the first Black Ops was 2004. <laughs> no, it was 2010. <laughs> 2010. Um, my brain's like, it was, that was long enough ago. He was Macbeth in A Macbeth. Which, what year? Directed by Jeffrey Wright. Different Jeffrey Wright. Geoffrey <laughs> Wright. Geoffrey Wright, 2006. Ooh, the poster for this movie is not good. The poster for this movie is uh, under is bad underworld. underworld. <laughs> bad <laughs> underworld. Because underworld, as we all know, masterpiece. This is bad underworld. Yeah. Blunderworld, if you will. <laughs> oh, also not rated, which means this was like direct to to DVD. Uh, so that's probably not a good sign for your Macbeth movie. God, that is fucking... It was 2006, though. This is while he's on his way into being a name people know. A contemporary retelling of Shakespeare's Macbeth set in the gangwens oh, yeah. of Melbourne. The he did around this, right? A fairy tale of the city, a short, right? That's that's typical, like, I'm getting started work. Yeah. A TV series that doesn't... 
<laughs> yep. And then a, a TV miniseries. It's then, it, well, you know oh, what, you know, you know what, you know what this is. He was just a working Australian actor, and we just yeah, did not. We didn't get these precisely. imports. <laughs> we we didn't get these imports. Um, right. But he was he was a working Australian actor, is what this is telling me. Uh, and then uh, Terminator I, Salvation and Avatar, the sort of one-two punch of like Welcome to America. Yeah, and then he did a bunch of stuff. Um, He's still working I, to his credit. You know what? I gotta give it up. And I'll didn't watch Rafferty Titan. He seems I'll like maybe one Avatar. of these guys. You know those actors who we, for whatever reason, don't let them do their natural accent, and we think they're bad actors. And then you watch sure, something yeah. where they're doing their own accent, and you're like, you're like "This oh, is shit. really like electric performer. <laughs> this is yeah, like, yeah. oh wow, you're like really good." Uh, but we just like don't whether they're their natural language or natural accent, where it's like maybe if I watched something where he's doing his 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 native Surrey England accent <laughs> or, right. or his Australian accent, he would actually be like very electric and compelling. That mm, yeah. this is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have yeah. to hunt down uh something where he is, is in fact Australian. Yeah. Uh, and like and, have it back. and report back. <laughs> report back I with will. your findings. I will, I will. Thank you. Thank you. Nine bullets, that's this year? Nine bullets. I've, yeah, I've, you, that you bring that up. Like, I, Gary Oldman for the longest time was a bad guy who did every mm-hmm. accent but his fucking own. Right. But, but he also ruled. So, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, not a perfect example. But um, he's in a show out right now called Slow Horses that uh, uh, Apple just put out. I think it's called Slow Horses. Um, he is the bureau chief of um, uh, an MI6 office in London that's like, He's the bureau chief of, a, of an MI6 house that is like MI5. Uh, it's the it's the dumping ground department. Like no, like you go there when your career's done. Mm-hmm. And he's been like running it for years. And then they actually like are onto something. They find something that's like actually worth being a part of. Uh, and like hearing him talk and acting that, I'm like, oh, that's just that's just Gary being Gary. Like that's Tinker Taylor's spy was also like just Gary being Gary. Like, oh, that's rules. That's <laughs> rules. Absolutely. Gary. I'm Gary. That's I. I assume that's his natural accent. I don't know if I. He's English, right? Um, he is English, and his uh, his accent does. It's uh, not David Brittlesby, but it is smaller than you would. I think you would imagine. Hello. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you <laughs> like to call me baby. Hello. But I'm you Gary also Oldman. have to realize that Gary Oldman's like a sixty-year-old man of very slight build. I'm like, Gary he's Oldman. Not What's all this then? And so, like playing bad guys, especially Russian bad guys, in like. Yeah. Uh, the '90s and early 2000s, like Ozzie. his voice is completely fucking different. Ozzy, even his Fifth Element, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Fifth Element too. Yep. Ozzy, Ozzy, the Dark Knight, isn't it? Believe, believe. Fingers crossed that Kevin doesn't get cast as a British person in this. That's for true. <laughs> no, this is not my British <laughs> accent. This is my Gary no. Oldman accent. Oh, gotcha. My bad. My, uh, you can understand my mistake. I don't do accents. I do impressions. Okay, so like I don't do a British accent, but I could do John Oliver for you. <laughs> yeah, <Hello. laughs> you know. Uh, so like, as long as nobody catches on that I'm doing a John Oliver impression, I think we got something good going. Yeah, we got a good thing going. That's money in the bank, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Uh, obviously, as long as somebody a, notices what I'm doing, we'll be fine. Absolutely, uh, obviously, a fascinating uh, episode of Mythic Quest. But I will say about the about the you know I like the George R. R. Martin joke 
because uh, that's obviously what this is a joke on. Um, but unfortunately for Mythic oh, yeah. Quest, the greatest George R. R. Martin joke of all time has already been told in the film Logan Lucky. I'm so sorry, Mythic Quest. Uh, you tried. Um, but I do, as someone uh, who's currently uh, back on the dating scene, I do appreciate this uh, David plotline. Uh, because unfortunately, Caleb, I empathize with David Brittlesby a little too much. The hellscape, <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. Uh, at that point at the end where he's like, well, maybe if I had a different face or a different set of interests or personality, I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> whoa. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so, so yes, I am uh, on the dating apps in New York, so if anyone would like to um, assassinate me, now is the time. Now um, is the time. I would love... Uh, if I to, coffee, I'll go because I need it. I would love to be buried me. alive. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I would like to be like uh, Ryan Reynolds in the film Buried. I'd like to be buried. <laughs> Please. Yeah, that, that, that quintessential film we all love. Hey, it was on the precipice of his return. And honestly, since Deadpool 1, I haven't really liked anything else he's done. So, like, Barry, Buried is, like, way up there. <laughs> buried is, like, top tier Ryan Reynolds. The last time you cared. Yeah. It was Deadpool. I was like, oh, this, he's, this is interesting. What's he's going to do? And it's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> nothing good. <laughs> I see. But Buried. Ha-cha-cha. Deadpool 1 is a good movie. Deadpool 1 is a good movie. Deadpool 1 is a good movie. Deadpool I've only seen 2... Deadpool 2 twice, so I can't speak to it. Well, I've only seen Deadpool 2 once, and that was enough. I said... <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it again, so... I said, I'm good enough. I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> uh, you know, I... You know, honestly, if you want to watch Deadpool 2, just look up, like... Zazie beats Domino scene Deadpool 2 and that you know you've gotten the good part of Deadpool 2 right Josh, Brolin, got... Josh Brolin's pretty good he's fine um, he's asleep he's not that's he's on autopilot as Cable in Deadpool 2 he's yeah, like he's just, he's just playing Thanos with a gun yeah and Josh Brolin you know Josh Brolin is like Tommy Lee Jones where like sometimes if he's out of it that actually works in the movie's favor because <laughs> he's just being like grumpy and like Josh Brolin doesn't want to be there <laughs> So, like, so it kind of works for, like, the character. Yeah. But uh, they fridge Vanessa really hard, and that that just bummed me out. That was not... I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. What's his name? Rob, Rob Delaney was really funny. His name was, like, Peter or whatever. He was, like, this normal guy that was hanging out with them. He was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the Brad Pitt cameo was great. Yeah, it was cute. But it's, like, it's too cute where you're, like, what? Was I supposed to... And then you look up on the internet later, it's like, is that Brad Pitt? <laughs> is that Brad yeah, Pitt? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, yeah. in that movie, isn't he? Who is? Pete Davidson? Is he? Is he the guy with caustic vomit? Uh Oh, maybe. I haven't seen Dead... I I didn't know who Pete Davidson was when I saw Deadpool 2. Uh, I'm not seeing... Uh, what's his dick? Pete Davidson. I don't even remember what that character's name was. Uh, he's from a comic. His yep. name is like... Nailed it. I, but, you know, they didn't make him up is what I'm try- <laughs> <laughs> trying to say. He's a guy. Uh, shut up. <laughs> shut up, man. I don't know. I think you you might have just been thinking of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I am not I am hey. not seeing this on his Oh, bed. you're right. Pete Davidson is in that. Yeah, I was thinking his name, the character's name is like Zeitgeist or something. That's oh, what I was yeah. trying to Bill think Skarsgård. of. Bill Skarsgård plays Zeitgeist. Ah, oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, it's Zeitgeist because he's from, uh, 
X-Force, uh, but a different X-Force than everyone is familiar with. They actually did... Anyway, never mind. It's it's not worth <laughs> getting into. I'm just not going to bother. Like, actually, I don't care. Actually, fuck it. Even I don't care. <laughs> Even I don't care. Uh, what a what a podcast. Anyway, uh, dating apps are hard. I like the little company. I got we got we got Tall Paul. We got um, we got Carol. We got Sue. Sue. Oh, that should have been my quote. Sue fucking killed me in this episode. Uh, when David is like, Sue, yeah, I thought dude, we had a nice rapport so going. Funny. And she's like, oh, you seem great, but you just don't, I just don't want you to be the, I don't want to be I the vessel be the, for your vessel seed. To your seed, if you know what I'm saying. If you know what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Oh, God. <laughs> the vessel to your oh, seed is it's so funny. So, it's so awful. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like uh, there's a line in Raising Arizona uh, where... Nicholas Cage is describing his wife's infertility, and he's like, <laughs> her, her insides were a barren wasteland where my seed could find no purchase. <laughs> oh, God. It's oh, so, God. that's one of the best movies ever made. Uh, let's go on to the next uh, episode of Mythic Quest, I guess. <laughs> Season two, episode four, Bre- Breaking Brad. Break, break. Hey, you watch that show Breaking Brad? Uh, written by, or directed by Angela Barnes, written by Kiona Taylor. In this episode, uh, Brad's brother, Zack, comes to Mythic Quest, and he seems to be up to nefarious purposes, including bringing that fiend Snoop Dogg <laughs> onto the premises. Uh, at the same time, uh, Ian, uh, can't drive his own car, so Rachel has to drive him back, uh, and, and she is sort of offered the the you know this is her opportunity to to prove herself and she can't do it <laughs> she she doesn't come up with anything and um and and that's uh the episode of mythic quest it's mostly a setup episode you know as as interesting as this kind of is getting it's mostly a setup for other things to come later though this is interesting after last week's big rachel conversation that we had right like this i didn't remember this at all when we were having that conversation um but it is an interesting rink this show's perspective on rachel is interesting and we're not going to do another 20 minutes on it but and i'm not taking it as an indictment of all people that care about uh social causes but much like no i was thinking about this i'm sorry go ahead no, go ahead. But much like Britta, it is like an indictment of a certain kind of person. Yes, very much um, so. Uh, and that's a dangerous indictment to level in a lot of cases, because if it's poorly written, it yeah. can seem very uh, borderline uh, sexist, you know, like dismissive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's a narrow walk that they have yeah. to make, and it helps that like the show so far, we are never... Ian is not our perspective. You know, we are not supposed to agree with Ian at all times. He is on our level-headed lead. So that helps to put it in his mouth. But sure. it is, like... It's a tricky line that they are trying to walk here. It is. I think that they... The thing I was thinking about before... Uh, hop on the call was specifically this moment right because like you get this moment where rachel's just doing the thing that she's done all season and a half we've known her 
right? Which is like deeply and uh, obnoxiously overshare, um, bore the person in the room to tears, yeah. and then kind of just move on with being in the background. Um, and so she starts to do that again, which I re- remember initially being like, oh boy. Interesting. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And But this time she's in a car alone with Ian, and then Ian, I, get, I don't know, maybe because he's just kind of been uh, shown up a little bit by not being able to drive a stick shift. It's just tired of it. So he's like, fucking, I don't care. And then does the thing that you're talking about, where he's yeah. like, you you have, the thing you want is what is happening right now, and you're not mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, right. And I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, it it's, works for me. It's precarious, you know, because it comes so close to, like, old man yells at Cloud. It comes so yeah. close to those darn millennials, you know? Yeah. But... At least in my perspective, maybe it's a generous read. It doesn't cross over that line. And it is something that, like, yeah, you do. Obviously, there are innumerable and and prevalent and true ways in which certain people are kept out of the room where it happens. You know, people are kept out of, like, these opportunities, right? And that is, that is 100% true. Yeah. But also... Yeah, when your moment comes, you do need to deliver the goods, which is often left out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. It's almost like the show is indicting Rachel of like, what do you do here? What do you do on the show, Mythic Quest? Yeah, (laughs) a little bit. Yeah. What is your purpose? And also also he, um, well, I think he's right. Right? Like, that's not a thing that we say about Ian very often. No. But like, when he's like, when he's like, figure out what you want. And then she's like, everything. And he's like, no. That's not <laughs> like, an answer, right? No. Like, you should spend your time, you know, trying to build a career or something instead of worrying about superficial things and worrying your coworkers with those superficial things. Like, it's very interesting. And very, I can't emphasize enough how unbelievably borderline it is but how well i think they navigate it in the like you know three total minutes we get of specifically this um Mm -hmm. i like it a lot yeah like that last scene in the in the car park i don't remember exactly what he says even though i've finished rewatching it a second time this week (laughs) like 30 Uh minutes ago uh Uh, i don't remember exactly what he says but that last couple of moments in the car park are very good Mm -hmm. to me they're very good uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny that, like we, like we said, we had this long conversation about Rachel and her floating, mm-hmm. floatingness. Yeah. Uh, and then an episode later, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna literally address that. We are right. We're going to address and and you know to an issue, uh, uh, lampshade it right where it's like we are aware, like we we in the writers' room know that like this character is is underutilized or not bringing as much to the table, you know, whatever, however you care to define it. Yeah. But also to my recollection, it's not as if they have like a solution by the end of the season or anything like that. Uh, It is, it is a, uh, something that remains uh, Buzzfeed unsolved, right? It is, it is a, it is a (laughs) problem (laughs) 
that sure. that does not fully get addressed. They address that it is that it is a problem, but they have not yet acquired a solution to said problem. I think they I think they very much lay the groundwork for it. Uh, and then I think it's the next couple we get um, the the late William Hurt. Yeah, the big hurt is the next episode is uh, the bottle episode, uh, which we'll be covering on its own. And I don't. Um, yeah, it's a bottle episode. What? It's a bottle episode. I don't know what it's. <laughs> They're like. I'm trying, remember, I'm trying to remember what happens in that. Everyone has to sign a form. I don't remember the context. Oh, everyone has to sign yeah. a form. Oh, God. Um, yeah, that's the rules. It's a good episode. Um, and, and yeah, everyone has to, has to sign a big, big form. And then she, draw, uh, 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 yeah, then there's okay. a, yeah. so then there's the, a the flashback. Was, then she the drives around HCW. And then yeah. I don't remember anything else she does for the rest of the season. No, I think that, I think that the CW episode, because we were talking about like, why don't they lean into Ashley Birch being like a voice actor or a writer? Yeah. Uh, I think attaching her to CW later um and like being a part of his experience even more will lead in a direction that could make her into like a writer because there's definitely bonding that happens between them in a way could be, um, could be. Be, i would be very interested in that absolutely i am interested in whatever direction they take her they just need to take her in <laughs> a direction there just sure, needs yeah, to be 100%. a direction um anyway we're not we we should not renumerate exactly the same conversation that we had last week no. but it, it is interesting that right after we had that conversation we we both had forgotten that this episode exists uh yep. but still does not pose a solution to the problem it's just it's it's something that's there but i right. i again it's a it's a deft line that they attempt to walk i think having a female uh director helps you know i'm sure that there's like a very different way that the scene could have been executed i don't know the the gender of keona taylor the writer uh but uh could be a, a, a female writer as well you know i think again in different hands this scene could have gone very 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 wrong there could have been a an alchemy that just gets completely uh uh wrecked and and thrown askew right um yeah. but but they they managed to thread that needle <laughs> in in an interesting in an interesting way um yeah. and that is that is um that's that but the 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 brad plot line is obviously the meatiest bits of the episode. As as his brother Zach, uh, who seems to be like an even worse Brad, uh, comes to to Mythic Quest, uh, and Brad suspects that he has uh, nothing but terrible, terrible motives. Right? He's 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 yeah. he's there to fuck with Brad. He's he's lying that it's his birthday. You know. He's and uh, another interesting thread that they walk in this episode uh, that I think they do again well and i don't remember how all of this resolves but anyway that this in a different show in a different context in a in a parks and rec they would take this as the chance to soften brad or redeem brad do you know yeah. what i mean to mythic quest credit i don't think they really do that i think sure. that like it's on a different show Brad doesn't want Zack to interfere at Mythic Quest because, like, I've come to love the lovable misfits of, of this video game studio. Like, don't you understand? They've, they've found their way into my cold, cold heart. That is not <laughs> the context that they give, or at least the context that Brad gives. Brad just says, like, I have built 
such a good funnel of money here, right? Like I have, I have built, I'm selling, you know, loot boxes for tens of thousands. Like, yeah, it's not that his brother's doing something bad. It's that his brother's doing what he's doing sooner than he would do it. And he, and and it's going to wreck his whole thing that he has spent a lot of effort setting up. He doesn't care about the game. He doesn't care about these people, but it's like, I have built, this empire <laughs> and right. and i don't you can't take that from me this is my personal achievement right? right and then there's the story with the it's a chicken um a pig. it's a pig Eight. yeah um with with kate that is the of course a good uh metaphor underline of that right and um, yeah, that that Brad, you know, you can call it an emasculation or, or a sibling rivalry or whatever. But like he knows that his brother will come in and, and show him up and destroy something that he had going, you know. Um, and and that's it's all very interesting. Very interesting. And um, we see more of his brother, don't we? Oh, yeah. He's around for at least the rest of the season. Uh, I can't remember if his plot line ends uh, substantially enough that he won't be back for further seasons. No, he should be back because what happens in the final moments of the final yeah. episode of this season is specifically to do something uh, to him, not directly, yes. but still yeah. to him. And this is a good actor. Um, he he shows up late on uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as well. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he's a very talented actor. Uh, he's around... Parvish China? Or Parvish, sorry. Yeah. Harvest Chino. He's a he's a very talented actor. He's been around forever. He's been you know like anytime there's like a call for like a funny kind of chubby Indian guy, he's always the guy that they call. Um, but like here, he shows like a, a range that I don't think he's usually allowed to show on other projects. Is that like there's a nefariousness, you know? There there's a yeah. there's a real there's a real lack of goofiness there underneath his, his sort of affable Snoop Dogg courting self. He only shows up again in um, the, the final episode. Um, so he's only in he's one more episode he's this season. But you, you, he, he could be around. There's more that you could do with this character. Yeah, there's absolutely space for him. Yeah. Okay. Especially what I don't really... Re- there's little bits that I remember. Of, you see how bad I am at re- retaining plot on most things. It's never more <laughs> evident than it is right now. Right? Um, yeah. that like, I'm like, I don't really remember exactly how that winds up or I just rewatched Mad Max Fury Road, a movie I've seen, I don't know, five times and I can never remember like, how's this guy die? <laughs> I just, I can't, yeah. it's like our conversation with the thing. I'm like, I love the thing. I can't remember what happens to which dude. <laughs> I can't, I just, I, that's not, that's not how I, uh, absorb media. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. yeah, but it's interesting. What I remember <laughs> of how this season resolves is he could be back. There's a there's a certain amount of jeopardy to what he does <laughs> throughout the rest of this season that that could lead to him coming back. Is is what we're trying to conclude here? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm very, I man, I'm so curious. We're not going to find out for another year, but I'm so fucking curious where the show goes next. Yeah, I know. We we just keep like floating around that right we we keep we keep button up against that but we'll we'll get there and, and unfortunately we're probably gonna have to wait until at least 2023 to get an answer to that yeah. i am sorry to say maybe late this year it could start um but who knows yeah well, unlike other things imdb tracks 
TV shows and when they're filming no. or in production or not is not a thing that they. It's not a thing that they. They know film. that stuff from movies, but they never see a show that's like, hey, by the way, yeah, it's uh, it's. Kind of- but I haven't seen yeah. Megan or or Rob, you know, posting about like and season three filming. Um, most of the you know when you hear like we've been renewed for season three or four, you're hearing about that long after like the actual contracts were signed, right? Um. Like you hear, yep. you hear all the time. Like, blank is cast in this MCU movie, but it's like that movie is done filming. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, like that they were already cast. We're just hearing about it now. Um, right. And and that that kind of thing happens all the time. But yeah, it seems like it is gonna. These fucking streaming services are in no goddamn hurry to give you more of the shows you like. <laughs> It's, it's weird. It's, it's, weird. Inf- it's really weird. It makes you so nostalgic for the structure of network television. Right? You just like... It's, yeah. God, yeah. I miss knowing that Community would start in September and end in May. There's just such a... There's a dependability to that that I... Yeah. I just... I long for so much... Uh, and that's even pre-COVID, you know. That's even like in a in a in a in a in a world where it could be more regular. They're just they're just not interested. <laughs> they don't care. It's interesting because like it's on the it's happening at the same time that we're seeing the video game industry being forced into taking their time, and yeah. one of them, the latter, is realizing that like oh maybe we should take more time. And I wonder if there isn't some plea between the two that is like these streaming companies being like, we don't have to force these things out quickly, but I don't know if it's working for them the way they thought or think it will or would, because yeah, I don't know. Like when there's two years between seasons of a show, you're like, Oh yeah. All right. And then they don't do like fucking anything to like remind you like the the previously ons basically yeah. don't exist and you're like what happened and sometimes you just don't want to rewatch all of a show you yeah. know like to get yeah. ready for a new season sometimes i don't have time with russian doll it's easy because it's like it's eight half hour episodes you know sure very easy for me to get caught up for season two season one even better than I remembered it being season two. Very excited because what the fuck do you do with that? Talk about a show where it's like, what the fuck is the second season going to be Russian yeah, doll? Sure. Um, but they're just not in a hurry. And there's the, it's this, it's this thing that is unfortunately like they have a point, but it sucks for you. The consumer where like their reason for either, you know, you know how Netflix cancels basically every show after season two or, um, <laughs> yeah, or Apple TV Plus is like, you'll get more of the show you like, you know, eventually, one day. Okay. What are you going to do? Cancel Netflix? <laughs> what are you going to do? Not have Netflix because we didn't give you the... They have no impetus to give you more of the show in a timely manner or at all. Because, again, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to... Yeah. What are you going to do? not have net you're gonna cancel netflix until we give you more babysitters club i don't think so um (laughs) and it's just it's it's this it's this shitty thing and unfortunately like they are they're right what am i gonna do cancel netflix like what i don't don't even pay for mine yeah also when you're a company that puts out something 
every week or every day honestly things every week like yeah well something every day like what are you gonna there's always something to look at and what are you gonna do and humans like looking at things that just keep piling on so why not and unlike a television network where it is much more individually based right like there is a a, a, i'll use the word again there is an impetus to get Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is not as good an example because HBO is subscription based. It doesn't use advertisers. There's an impetus to get Lost back on the air as quickly as possible because right. a lot of fucking people watch that show. You can sell a lot of ads during that show. Let's get the popular thing back on. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, obviously, there were a lot of drawbacks to the traditional television model. I'm not saying it was a perfect thing that we should have never deviated from, but yeah. It, it is unfortunate that it's like, well, yeah, what are you going to do? What, <laughs> make yeah. me. Make me give you more Mythic Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking try. Precisely that. Yeah, I don't know what solution for uh, shows on streaming networks are, because I don't think anyone's doing it like... But, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where yeah. it's, it's wonder if we have the attention span to watch something that's 25 episodes long. We, we the the office and friends were the biggest shows in the world for well, the shows ended like 15 years 10 years ago that's what i'm ago. saying we obviously do have the attention span but it, but because we? people were watching it's, them endlessly yes yeah people were watching. sure but we can go back and binge them kevin that's what i mean like we can go back and watch five episodes a day and like that attention span is significantly different than like could we get people to consistently show up for 25 weeks. Because when I people mean, go back and watch The Office, it does not take them 25 weeks to get through it. They watch it in a month, right? And I think that's a really big, it's a really big difference. So, like, you know, what are we, what are we, uh, what are we, I don't want to say capable of, but, like, what are what are we capable of? What are we, what are we capable of? Well, I mean. Is there some research that's actually showing, like, yeah, you won't watch it after the 12th week. So they're like, we'll do 10 and keep people entertained. There, there is a media, and obviously, like people aren't watching every single episode of Law and Order that comes out. But Law and Order still has a lot of episodes per season, and things like Law and Order and yeah. traditional sitcoms that air on uh, CBS and things like that. Right? Um, I'm now let me let me look something up because I've never seen this show in my entire life. Uh, so this is us. Uh, ran is in its sixth season presently and that's 18 episodes a season which is not 25 but is not not yeah um and that's a very popular television show that's one of the most watched shows on television yeah so like we do we do but it it, it's again it's a similar thing to the well what are you going to do if we don't bring your favorite show back it is like a Again, because you are not selling individual ads per episode, there is less of a, I cannot think of a synonym, there's less of an impetus to create 18 episodes of The Witcher or Mythic Quest because that's more money that you're not necessarily making back in the same way. Um, You're making more Witcher per season does not net you more money than making less Witcher per season. Um, if anything, it makes you probably more money, right? Uh, yeah. But that's why we just have these 
fucking droughts between these these seasons. It's what it is. It's not going to change anytime soon. I think the perfect alchemy, as close to the perfect alchemy as we can get, is either HBO or the contemporary like FX on Hulu model, where every FX show airs regularly on FX and then is on Hulu the next day. Um, and I think that is as good of a model as exists currently. Um, is like Atlantic airs regularly on Thursday nights, and then the next day you can watch it on Hulu, you know? Yeah, 100%. That's close as we've gotten. So everyone, just do that. Simple as that. Done. Wrap it up. Solved it. You solved it. <laughs> I did it. Now, now pay us for solving it. Congratulations, me. Yes, I'll take money, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else on these mythic quests? Questuses? No, I think we got it. I think that's Bestuses, questuses. Mystics quests. Perfect. Then let's uh, segue on into the plugs, shall we? Yes, sure. Got anything? Uh, yeah, today, um, sorry, you who are listening to this, the currently available. Uh, is my episode with John Everest, the composer of video games. It was very good. Um, and also a new episode of the, uh, sorry, that's Bounty Board. You can Bounty find Board. it. You search Nerdy Bits on like Apple, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Oh, You'll find all of them. Um, but specifically, Bounty Board has my interview with John, Ev- interview with John Everest. And then uh, there's a new episode of the Nerdy Bits show going up on Tuesday, the 19th. Um, that is uh, us talking about the Halo show. Um, and other video game specific uh stuff and uh yeah that's really all i got right now um trying to organize a few more interviews had a couple turned down because you know people be busy uh and also like publishers be uh a little restrictive so cool like i get it um so yeah that's it really so far what about you my friend new podcast of course as mentioned last week crazy x pod friends monthly show where we'll be working our way through crazy x girlfriend um and uh i will again uh hint at long gesticulating uh film projects that take a long time to uh just, come out just if, gestating just oh uh, yeah just that one pretend i said that Pretend that's the word that I said <laughs> instead of the word that I did say. Yeah. Um, pretend pretend that was the case and uh, we'll all be good. <laughs> Everyone will be chill. Uh, I hope you enjoyed all the bonus material that has come out on this very feed. Uh, by the time this episode is up, I hope the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 review is up on this uh, very podcast channel. I uh, I know for a fact uh, the new mini series Getting Stoned was uploaded on this channel on 420. Uh, so enjoy that. Enjoy all this stuff. If you'd like to, you know, show me that you appreciate it. That's patreon.com slash TV's Kevin, baby. That's where you can go. That's where you can get early podcasts, exclusive podcasts, backlogs of shows that don't exist anymore that now only live behind the paywall. They're walled in to the fucking little city. And, and they're, in order to get out, you got to fucking, there's a, one of those things, one of those, <laughs> one of those things that goes across the moat with the alligators, two mechanical alligators. Um, that's patreon.com slash TV's Kevin for as little as one dollar a month uh and uh next week we're gonna slow it down we're only gonna do one mythic quest next week we're gonna take it easy because it's the easiest way to break up this odd numbered season uh we'll be talking about mythic quests 
bottle episode. I think there are probably several Mythic Quests that would qualify as a bottle episode. Because um, it feels like they mostly all take place in this office almost exclusively. Um, it's workplace, workplace comedy, for crying out loud. Yeah. But um, but this one is definitely a bottle episode. Yeah. <laughs> this one is absolutely a bottle episode and uh we're gonna we're gonna take it as megan gans gives us yet another classic sitcom bottle episode uh thank you megan and megan we trust and uh that'll that'll do her until uh is this is it gonna be may it It is gonna be may May. we'll see y'all in may uh where i hear there will be may flowers that sounds great uh, would love some Mayflowers yeah, as right. long as they don't activate my seasonal allergies. Uh, this was a weird podcast episode, and my audio recorder ran out of battery some time ago. So I hope you like this Skype audio. Hell yeah, baby! <laughs> I am a cheap bastard. I should have switched out the batteries. Oh well, <laughs> aren't I a little scamp? <laughs> aren't, I? aren't I a little scamp not changing out the batteries on my recorder? Oops. Okay. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> what are you going to do? Punish me? Uh, great. Stop, <laughs> don't. stop letting don't. me talk. Please don't let me talk, especially at your dinner party. Great DP action. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales. Dinner party.